1: This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life program and podcast. Yeah, I like that. See, I changed it up there. See what I did there? <laughs> Put me off there.
0: Yeah, because this is normally a podcast, but sometimes we put together a special show that's worthy of the airwaves.
1: Really? They're all worthy of the airwaves, Baron. I I, I can't believe you said that.
0: <laughs> well, because the, the radio show is only 26 minutes long, and so we've got to keep it tight. And we've yeah. got a tight one today.
1: Yeah. Tease, yeah. Us,
0: tease us a little bit. What's coming up?
1: No, we are going to speak with Dr. Kelvin J. Cochran. Um, he is Senior Fellow and Vice President of Alliance Defending Freedom. He had a long career as a firefighter, and you may remember him because he's the fire chief who got fired, yes. uh, let go by the mayor in Atlanta. Now, he was only the third black fire chief in Atlanta's history. Uh, he was selected by Barack Obama to lead the national firefighters' efforts for, yeah. uh, on behalf of the United States. He was considered America's fire chief. The problem is, he's a Christian, and Uh-oh. the problem is, he wrote a Bible study for his home church. It it literally, for his home church, he did, it was not about, this didn't relate to his work, he wasn't doing, uh, he didn't publish it at work, he didn't do any of that, but a copy got in the hands of the wrong person, and uh, ultimately, it got him fired because of what the scripture says about same-sex marriage, and he, he, in fact, the book wasn't, it was only one topic, it was about sin and discipleship, Um, but just stating what the scripture says about sexual ethics, Mm got the got him fired and you know it's a it's a clear case of of discrimination um based on his faith and here, funny thing is he's a guy who uh, has experienced lots of discrimination because of his race right. actually on you top know, of that yeah. yeah he you know he was one of the he was the first fire chief in Streetport, louisiana's history mm. and you know he had to go through a whole lot to get there Anyway, I got to hear him a couple years ago at an event in San Antonio And was he's come out with a new book The book is called Facing the Fire the Faith That Brought America's Fire Chief Through the Flames of Persecution It's going to be a great conversation And I'm looking forward to talking to him
0: So do you want to officially introduce him here?
1: Yeah, this is Dr. Kelvin J. Cochran Senior Fellow and Vice President of Alliance Defending Freedom Longtime Police Chief uh, Incredible man of God He's got mm-hmm. written a book that you're going to hear about Anyway, the interview is great uh, Look forward to hearing from him Here he is Dr. Kelvin J. Cochran. Chief Cochran, thank you so much for being with us. It's good to be with you, Pastor. Now, I got to hear you a few years ago uh, with a group of pastors here in San Antonio, and I was really stunned by your story. This was right after you had gone through everything you went through in Atlanta. Why don't you take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about what you went through, because it's really the setup for your book that we're here to talk about. You had risen up as as a fire chief, but Things took a pretty hard turn when you were there in Atlanta.
2: Yes, sir. I'm one of those American kids that I was a little boy, five years old, when I saw a fire across the street from where I live, and I was smitten that day that I wanted to be a firefighter when I grew up, and uh, God bless me, that dream came true in 1981, and I advanced through the ranks in Shreveport, Louisiana, my hometown, uh, very rapidly, became the fire chief there, and Eight years later, I became the fire chief in Atlanta. And two years after that, President Obama appointed me to the United States Fire Administration. And then a year later, a new mayor was elected in Atlanta and brought me back to the city of Atlanta. So I'm faithfully serving the citizens of Atlanta as fire chief. While at the same time, Pastor, I'm living out my faith, uh, serving in the men's ministry at Elizabeth Baptist Church, God put it on my heart to write a book for Christian men Bible study called Who Told You That You Were Naked? The mm. Question That God mm. Asked Adam in the Garden of Eden. And in the book, I, the, the, the premise of the book is helping Christian men overcome condemnation. Right, And so you can't talk about that without talking about sexual sin. Right. And so I simply talked about what the Bible says about sex and marriage And those few pages offended an openly gay Atlanta City Council member. He complained to the Honorable Mayor, Kasim Reed, who investigated me for 30 days to see if I had ever used those views to discriminate against anyone from the LGBTQ community. The investigation cleared me of any form of discrimination. However, I was terminated at the end of that period after 34 years of faithful service in the fire service.
1: You were literally canceled before that was a household word, before most of us even understood what that idea was. Now, you you had experienced discrimination in the past because, you you know, when you were the first black fire chief in Shreveport, um, as a fireman in Shreveport, you, you kind of had segregation. You had separate quarters and things like that. And so as you rose up, this was uh, – you were kind of – I mean, I don't know a better way to say this. You were really an example of – of kind of how overcoming discrimination. And then when you were in Atlanta and you became fire chief, and then when President Obama made you, you know, what was affectionately known as America's fire chief, uh, that you really were riding high. And this whole thing came out of left field because you didn't publish this book as the fire chief of Atlanta. You did this as a men's Bible study for your church, and you got it approved from the ethics office before you
2: did that. Yes, sir, you're absolutely right, and you know, To be accused uh, of the potential of discrimination was very hard for me to take. And you you said it right, Pastor Sean, being one of the first African-Americans on the Shreveport Fire Department, I knew firsthand what it was like to be treated differently uh, because you were a minority in the majority organization. It was difficult, you know, the things, the racial slurs, the jokes. Uh, and the things that we had to endure, a specific bed for the black firefighter. Some fire stations had separate plates and spoons. As a young Christian, I was convicted that if I were to ever be in a position of leadership, that I would create an atmosphere where no one had to experience what I had gone through. And uh so, you know, that's the, the faith behind what I experienced. God used those fiery trials yeah. as a minority to prepare me for what I was experiencing and to show Christian leadership is different. Uh, and I was blessed and privileged to be able to do that.
1: This book you did, it was a Bible study for men at your church. You gave some to a couple Christian friends. Um, and Now again, you, you did this on your own, a personal project for your church. And yet how did this city council member get a hold of a copy of the book this this openly gay city council member who took exception with and again as i recall you didn't particularly make a bunch of big statements about same sex marriage you you just listed what the bible said about it
2: that's exactly right the book again was written for christian men and uh and i didn't single out homosexuality uh, galatians chapter 5 has a list of different right. types of sin, and since I was talking to Christian men about overcoming condemnation, I simply highlighted each one of those 17 works of the flesh, the Bible calls it, and a right. few of those dealt with sexual sin, so it was certainly not intended uh, to target uh, people that are, have that lifestyle, uh, but it as a re- result of that, uh, a over you asked the question, how did the council member discover that? Uh, and I didn't find this out until we were going through the depositions, but a firefighter who had obtained a copy of the book on it by his own means thought it would be a good idea to show those few pages where i talked about uh, sin, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the few paragraphs uh, about homosexuality to the openly gay Atlanta city council member. Mm-hmm. He's the one that complained to the honorable mayor And the mayor, who recently shifted his position from the biblical definition of marriage and sexuality to that position to be in the mainstream of that flow, uh, took me through the fiery trial that I experienced that caused me to lose my job. Okay, the book is called Facing the Fire, the
1: Faith That Brought America's Fire Chief Through the Flames of Persecution. This is Reaching for Real Life, and we are speaking with Dr. Kelvin J. Cochran, Chief Cochran of Alliance Defending Freedom. Your book is really, and, and you know, as as more and more people are experiencing, that, I mean, we're right now in a place where people are facing the possibility of losing their job for not getting a vaccine that they're not comfortable getting at this time. And so I, I think the book, you know, you went through a very specific fire, but I think this book might speak to a lot of people who are having to experience, not quite, because yours was very public, very, uh, very derogatory towards you, but there's still people losing their jobs for kind of not being willing to violate their conviction. So I think this book has a whole lot of relevance for people today.
2: Yes, sir. It is becoming an occupational hazard to be openly Christian today in the United States of America. And so believers, sons and daughters of God, I believe, Pastor Sean, will be inspired by this story. It's a God-sized story. And I go back and am very transparent. From the fires I experienced as a little boy growing up in poverty with a single mom, some Poverty had some fires in and of itself. God showed me that he was with me through those fires and brought me through. Uh, again, when I was a, a young African-American on the Shreveport Fire Department, I was literally fighting fires, but racism and discrimination had fires all its own. Right. God showed me he was with me in those fires. So it just chronicles back uh, and shows how, no matter what types of fires we are going through, if you're son or daughter of God God is with you in the fire and he'll bring you through every single time. Yeah.
1: One of the things I remember being struck by when I heard your story, I heard about your Bible study and I heard about it getting in the wrong hands and then you being fired. This was not published for that. You never made those derogatory comments. I remember the whole thing. And I remember being struck by the fact that you didn't seem bitter or inappropriately angry. How, how did you handle that? Because this, I heard your story and the more I see it, in your book and in other settings, you, I believe were subjected to serious injustice, but yet you handled that with grace and truth. You know, Jesus, the word tells us he's full of grace and truth. I noticed that in your conversation. How did you process that?
2: Well, my mother taught us when we were very little that only love can conquer hate, but I have some biblical heroes that have taught me through the years from vacation Bible school and Sunday school and all those wonderful things. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their disposition towards Mm. Nebuchadnezzar was not disrespectful. Daniel's disposition towards Darius was very honorable and respectful. Joseph's disposition towards Potiphar and the jailer and Pharaoh was very, very honorable Mm. and respectful. And those guys are my heroes. David's disposition towards Saul, who tried to kill him nine times, he was always honorable and respectful. And that's where I learned how to handle that. Uh, when my time came, it was my opportunity to show the same kind of respect and honor that they showed. Yeah. And to make my mother proud for not <laughs> for honoring what, how she thought it. And that's really the most important thing right there. That's
1: right. Um, I, I guess y- y- what I hear you saying is you made a distinctive choice because as an American, what happened to you is offensive You asked permission to list in your title that you were the police chief of America, but yet you weren't writing about firefighting. You know, you weren't writing about that. This was a Bible study book. So you asked for permission. You didn't do any of the things you were accused of. As an American, I find that offensive, but you didn't list your role as an American. You, You referenced as a follower of Jesus. And as a student of the word of God, I think that's really important. I mean, what would you say to people who, who it's like, we're fully Americans, but we are Christians and that has to take priority. And I've noticed you through this process, you've done that. How, How would you advise people to kind of keep in that mindset?
2: Well, the Christian walk of faith is comprised of a series of level plains, mountain climbs and valleys. Part of that journey involves suffering and living out our faith again Uh, It puts a target on our back. We have to really, really rely on the Holy Spirit to help us to balance the dance between faith and patriotism. Mm. It is possible, Pastor Sean, to live out our faith in the marketplace and in the workplace and abide by the policies and procedures that govern proper conduct at work. That's possible. But from time to time, when we're backed in a corner, not that we're going to go out and pick a fight. But when, when we're backed in a corner as to whether we're going to choose to live out our faith or stand by a government policy that goes against our faith, we have to choose to live out our faith and stand with right. courage and stand with grace. And, and you stood up for truth. I think one of the things
1: that I think much of the church is struggling for is how to do that well. Why do you think it's important that the church really get this right and learn how to stand for truth?
2: Because uh, the truth is what sets people free. Jesus mm. said that, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And, but the truth in cancel culture is deemed hate. But what we have to take a strong stand on is only those who hate truth refer to truth as hate speech. Mm. The Bible is not hate speech. And what I've discovered is spending time with God on a regular basis Listen, most of us as believers know of the likelihood of us being challenged in the workplace for living out our faith. Don't just sit in a corner and shiver in fear. Go ahead and make your mind up right now what you're going to do when that opportunity comes. Look at what God has done with so many of our biblical heroes in the Bible and know that he's the same God. And if you have the courage and grace to stand, he will stand with you. Yeah.
1: I think this is something that a lot of people in the church, I think Christian leaders, have struggled with. Why do you feel like the church has failed to kind of engage the culture well head-on in some of these topics?
2: Well, I believe many of us, we don't want to be called bad names. We don't want (laughs) to be called homophobic. We don't want to be called haters. Uh, We don't know how to respond when people say love is love you know, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to it to kind of stuff, right. worldly stuff. We don't know how to respond to that. But when we have the truth of Christ on the inside of us, we respond with truth. You don't have to know how to quote scriptures or be an expert apologist. Just tell your story and tell mm. the truth from your perspective and be confident. And God will Work it from
1: there. Yeah, I think that's so true. And again, I think it's imperative that we do it respectfully. You know, when you talk about people don't like being called names, they don't like that. But when you go back to your days at Shreveport early on in your firefighting career and there were segregated, you know, sleeping areas, segregated dishes, you were used to some abuse and even then as a christ follower i'm sure you had to process that through the lens of lord you suffered these kind of things and i suspect that prepared you and one of the things i think many christians in america today we're not used to being on this end of what i'll call a form of persecution right it may not be physical but it's persecution and we're in american history we've enjoyed a kind of preferred status the church has enjoyed
2: preferred status and that's going away that's exactly right you know, there's one of the one of the scriptures that encouraged me so much, Pastor, in this journey. It's first Peter chapter four. Love think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That's that we should rejoice knowing that we are partaking in sufferings that Christ suffered. But what we experience as sufferings in the United States of America significantly pales in comparison to what other sons and daughters of God are experiencing in other foreign countries. I lost my job, but there are believers in other countries who are losing their lives, losing their families, being put in jail for simply making a public confession of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, we're not a We're not facing those kinds of persecutions in our country, but I believe God is merciful towards us, Pastor, because he knows that in the United States of America, we're not prepared to deal with those kinds of consequences because we reject Christ for far less than those kinds of threats. That is absolutely true.
1: Why don't you take a moment, and I know you talk about some of this in the book, and I've heard you mention some of this. What have you seen God do through this ordeal? I mean, nobody would, you wouldn't wish this on anybody, right? But yet you've seen God work.
2: Yeah, I tell you, uh, I've learned five things about it. Uh, First of all, God always prepares his sons and daughters to endure any type of suffering or persecution. Mm. Be assured that if you're going through it, God has drawn the conclusion that he's properly prepared you for it. The second thing is... The toughest of the five lessons I've learned is there are worldly consequences for standing on biblical truth mm. and standing for Christ. But the third thing cancels the second thing, consequences for standing on biblical truth and standing for Christ. And the kingdom consequence is always greater than the worldly consequences.
1: Mm. Let me ask you to say that third one again, because you, you cut out for just a second there. That third, because okay. it, it was so good. The kingdom consequence, did you say, is greater than the worldly consequence?
2: They are always greater than the worldly consequences. And God has proven that to be true time and time and time again. Here's the problem. Mm. If we don't have the courage and grace to stand, we will never see the kingdom consequences. Mm. If our fear for the worldly consequences are greater than our faith for the kingdom consequences, we never get to see the kingdom consequences. Oh
1: man, chief, that'll preach. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go on, you're at number 4. <laughs> yeah, number 4 is for sons and daughters of God who have the courage and grace to stand. God, they the, our persecutors will get to see a side of God that they would have not seen had we not stood. Yeah. Never should would have never saw the fourth person in the fiery furnace mm. if Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had bowed down. And Mm. his testimony, the king's testimony was, no one should worship any God but the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That would not have happened if they had bowed down. So our enemies get to see a side of God that they would not have seen. But here's the even better part. We get to see a side of God that we would not have seen Mm. if we had bowed down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to see the son of God who was in there with him. And the mm. fifth thing that I've learned is every time a son or daughter of God has the courage and grace to stand, their life of blessing goes exceeding abundantly above all they could ever ask or think. Jesus said it this way, whatever you lose, I'll restore it 100 fold. Mm. I lost a lot of friends, Pastor Sean, but the friends that I've gained since I was fired are 100 fold better than the friends that I've lost. Yeah. I lost my job. But God took me from a client of ADF. Now I'm the senior fellow and vice president, he's given me a hundredfold better job than the job that I lost. In every area, Jesus was true. I've been restored mm. a hundredfold.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good, Chief. Now, this kind of caught you off guard. I mean, you didn't expect this when this came. You, you know, you just kind of, it, it hit you. I'm sure if you could go back and prepare yourself, and in the, in the years since, you've probably learned a lot. How? What would you say to Christians who maybe they haven't had to deal with this, but they'd like to be prepared? You you have a perspective that's very different. How can Christians prepare themselves to to live well and to honor Jesus if they find themselves in a situation like this?
2: Well, it starts every day, every day. And I started this 30 years ago when I made up my mind that God's plan was better than my plan, Pastor. Mm. I committed myself to spending time with God every day. I've been relentless about it. We just build this relationship and con- confidence with intimacy with God, spending time with him every day. And over that course of time, I learned some scriptures. When the, when the mayor's team told me I was fired, songs that I learned as a kid over the years began to rise up in my spirit. Scriptures mm. that I learned mm-hmm. over the years began to rise up in my spirit. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Psalm 112 and 7. It says he shall not be afraid when he hears bad news. Mm. His heart is fixed, trust in the Lord. When they told me my I was fired, that scripture just rose up in my spirit, and I was not afraid when I heard the bad news. My heart was fixed, trust in the Lord.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. And and I, I hope if you're listening right now, you heard that. His response was a product of years of putting the Word of God, putting worship and worship songs and just the the kind of core tenets of our faith in his spirit so that when he ultimately got knocked over, what came out was what he had put in, the Word of God, worship, Scripture. And, uh, man, what what an incredible testimony. The book, okay, the book is called Facing the Fire, the faith that brought America's fire chief through the flames of persecution. Uh, where can we get the book, chief?
2: You can get the book on most uh, book retail outlets, but online is probably the quickest through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and other uh, online retailers of books.
1: Awesome. And in the book, you kind of, we've had to do this more briefly, you tell the whole story and they get to kind of experience
2: it. Yes, sir. I start off telling the story about what happened, and then I go back and show how God had been preparing me for it. To each, for Through each age and stage of my life, the fires that I went through, I'm very transparent about it so that hopefully believers can see themselves in the story and know that the same God that was with me has not changed and he will be with them if they face mm. the fire.
1: This is the Reaching for Real Life uh, podcast and radio program. Our guest is Chief Kelvin Cochran, and uh, the book is called Facing the Fire, the Faith that Brought America's Fire Chief Through the Flames of Persecution. Chief Cochran, thank you for taking the time to have a conversation with us. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it, and I
1: hope we get to talk again. And maybe, maybe down the road a little bit after the book's been out, we can have you back and see how it's doing.
2: Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Just let me know, and I will make it happen. Thank you, sir. Have a great. Even better than that, I'd love to come to Texas and uh, and and talk to you, to the men there at your church. God bless. Bless you now.
0: Did you hear what he said, Pastor Sean? He's coming to San Antonio. He's coming to River City Community Church. Yes, when? he when? Is. when is he coming? I'm there. I,
2: I think by
1: this Sunday, I'm going to get, <laughs> Chief Cochran's going to be at River City. No, uh, I've heard him speak, so that is something that we'd love to do. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that, yeah. that interview. That was uh, when, I, when I heard him in San Antonio a few years ago, right after this had all happened, and then today, just the way he processed this by keeping his eyes on Jesus and walking in his faith. We're followers of Christ first. And I think you need to speak the truth in love. You need to be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. And uh, I just think we need to serve the Lord in that. If he's leading you in that, I encourage you, go for it because we need those kind of leaders.
0: And put on the full armor before you show up for
1: work. (laughs) Every day.
0: (laughs) Well, Pastor I'll just say you did a great job. He sounded like he enjoyed the conversation. And uh, and again, welcome more. So I can't wait to have part two. Oh, you're getting pretty good at this thing.
1: Oh man, dude, he's he's easy he's easy, easy, easy stuff. Um, and when you got someone who's walked through a story like that, it's fun yeah, to talk. Yeah. In, fun to talk. About. So hey, no, thanks for listening. We appreciate you listening to the program. Reaching for real life uh, is just it's that. It's trying to connect real life, and I we try to connect guests and people who help us walk the journey to real life. So I pray the Lord blesses you and continue to follow Him and uh, find Him real every single day.